Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer podcast. I'm Rob George. I'm joined by my colleague, my second in command, my wing wing woman. <laughs> wing woman, Top Gun. <laughs> Top you can be my wingman anytime. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> and you were supposed to say, no, you can be mine. Isn't that oh, what no. they say on Top Gun? Oh, I, don't I, know. I didn't, didn't watch it. <laughs> the new Top Gun's coming out. There's a new one. I can't wait, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not sure I like that. Oh, my goodness, it was my favourite film. I, I, could, I, I, I could probably quote every... Classic films, though, I think you should leave alone. <laughs> really? No, this is like the part two. This, oh, it's part so, two. So Tom Cruise, Maverick's coming back, and he's now oh. like the air commander or something rather. So, yeah. He's like running the military in I America so. or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's supposed to be Fantastic. amazing. Fantastic. Well, we'll see that in cinemas. All good cinemas and some bad ones too, no doubt. <laughs> um, we are going to take you through some of the stories you're going to be reading on WorcesterObserver.co.uk and online on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram and Pigeon and all sorts of places you can read our paper nowadays, including the old-fashioned method when it comes through your door as well. I don't know why I'm sounding sort of Yorkshire there. I do apologise. That's sort of <laughs> very weird. There is only one place to start, though. And that is with the absolutely sensational news that half a million pounds has been raised for Oscar Saxelby Lee in three weeks and three days. This is incredible. This is absolutely amazing. So this is the little boy that we all know about, and he's going over to Singapore now, so it's all happening. Uh, well, it's hold your, hold your horses. There's got to be medical tests oh, okay. and to see if he's fit to travel. But what it's done now, it enables the family now to move very quickly. If the doctors say he's ready, he can go over there, they can move like that. Half a million pounds in... Uh, that's just incredible. In three, three weeks, three days. I mean... The money, it, 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 it blows my mind it is. that the county has raised... It just shows you that we've got some so, such kind-hearted people in the area because most of it is locally raised it is as well, isn't it? Way. And um, But the thing is, Rob, is this going to... So you've just said he has to have tests and things done because this is a very rare form of leukaemia. It is. It's T-cell leukaemia. But this, will it be a treatment? Do we know it's going to be working it's a or? trial it's a trial being pioneered in singapore currently it's c-a-r-t therapy right i don't know what c-a-r-t i'm sure many more cleverer people than me will tell me what it stands for but it's being offered in singapore and it's being treated for b-cell now as far as i understand it b-cell leukemia well b-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia or all hmm. if you want to shorten it down is a less nasty version Unfortunately, what Oscar has got is T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which has been described to me as a really, really nasty version uh, oh, of it that's really, really aggressive. It's going to give him the best chance. Right. It's not available on the NHS, various guidelines, but it is available and it's going to give him treatment. And it's just a case of fingers crossed that it all works out. Mm-hmm. Um this five hundred thousand pound will cover the cost of the treatment, the flights, the accommodate um, accommodation for Oscar when he's there, and for a recovery. And it will have a built-in effect um, that it will, if it all goes to plan. If he needs any extra treatment, though, there's money available. So the fundraising will continue because if it doesn't go to plan, and he needs to spend more time there and more treatment, we need a buffer. More, 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 more and more money needs. To be collected. And when will we know if he's going? 
I would have thought the we're going to know within the next ten days. Okay, right. Um, but it's all he's got having expert care at the hospital. He's being treated at, and as soon as the medical people. The medical people. <laughs> as soon as doctors declare him fit to fly, I'm sure the family will be straight out there. But this generosity has just allowed the family to be ready. Oh, so the, the ma- and the family just looks so gorgeous. There's a lovely black and white picture on the front page of this week's Worcester Observer. And I just have to say, they are they just look like the most beautiful family. And, I mean, it, you've got a young boy yourself, and it's. I loved your editor's comment this week. <laughs> Um, it almost brought a tear to my eye. You know, you were like, I hope this is the start of your journey going back to school and just a normal life. That's what you want for your kids, isn't it? it just is, a normal uh, life. It is. I mean, I, ma- I make it very, very clear. I don't know the family at all. We are covering this with information supplied by the excellent Grace Kelly Childhood Cancer Trust. But it means a little bit to me because Oscar, when he was diagnosed, had gone into reception. The se- um, at Christmas time, my son had gone into reception mm. at the same time. Oscar's now five going six. He should be in year one. My son's just gone into year one. It really sunk closer to home. And any of you are parents, probably even not having a child the same age, it probably resonates with you because you can empathise as much as with Oscar and his battle, you can empathise with what the parents are going through of as well. Course. I wouldn't wish it on anybody and it's a fantastic and it is a fantastic picture and there is another one um online as well and i do have to give a hat tip to the grace kelly childhood cancer trust who have been so in front with this and actually supporting the family as well and all the money raised i think dr jen kelly would want me to say all the money raised although it's been collected through the um, virgin money giving page and the charity is being ring fenced for Oscar, so every penny donated in Oscar's honour is going to fund Oscar's treatment. I love that. And if you do still want to donate money, you just need to go to the Virgin Money Giving website and just search for Hand in Hand for Oscar. And well, they'll keep you updated as well. And if you've got Facebook as well, do find the page Hand in Hand for Oscar because his family, his supporters, will give you all the latest updates on there. A bit the latest updates on there may be quicker than we can actually get it to you because it's from the family itself. So do give them a follow and do give them all the support because the hard work is still, is still ahead of them. Mm. This is no, this is no means the final solution and you know, everything's going to be fine. There's still a long road ahead, but it's just staggering. I can't, but it's hope, isn't it? I mean, as you say on the front page, uh, family are gobsmacked yeah. at the appeal hitting past the half a million. And it is gobsmacking, isn't it? It's incredible. Well it is, done, but, everyone. But there is still fundraising going on. Yep. I mean, tonight, as we're recording this on Wednesday lunchtime, tonight at Six Ways, there's a rugby match between West Mercia Police and, uh, for the life of me, I can't remember who the other team... Oh. West Mercy Police and Worcester Warriors Old Boys. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that'd uh, be playing. fun. That's all raising money. There's events coming up. Keep... There's the a policeman f- running three marathons or something Three marathons three this weekend, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. That's actually a story I forgot to get in the paper, which is oh. um, quite annoying. Now, another event going on as well. I should mention this because this was a last-minute edition and should have been on the front page, but the picture of Oscar and his mum and dad was so cute... Uh, that I had to relegate it on the inside. But active fundraisers at Fit360 
on Shrub Hill will be hosting a 24-hour indoor ski-a-thon. Oh, that sounds fun. I like skiing. Yeah, but there's no snow involved, though, apparently. Okay, so what do you do? You ski for 24 hours without any snow. <laughs> but what, is it like a ski machine? I presume it's a ski machine, okay. yes. But, um, yeah, it's going on for 24 hours. starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow, so that's Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. So it's th- 7 o'clock on Thursday night, October the 10th, all the way through to 7 o'clock on Friday, October the 11th, to raise more money for Oscar. Good luck to everyone at Th- Fit360 for that, because that sounds like a terrific idea and another weird and wonderful fundraiser. Yeah, if they, ever, this- do, if they ever do one on the snow, though, I'm in. I'd, I'd like, I fancy doing a ski 24-hour on the snow. That'd yeah. be super fun. As long as I've got the poles, though, I tried, we, we went to Canada and they tried to teach us to ski with... Um, I said they, the ski instructors, said you should ski without any poles. Mm. I could not balance. I crashed into <laughs> a fence. Um, that's another fantastic event. Um, another one, well, actually not one, four exciting events coming up to Worcester in 2020 because those behind um, the arches, the arts project that um, is set up across the city have revealed not one, not two, not three, four festivals coming to Worcester's already bulging events calendar in 2020. I don't know if I can cope. I struggle every week putting in all the musical events going on <laughs> in our paper. And um, we already don't have... I'm going to have to ask some more room because yeah. every week there just seems to be more and more and more going on. But this is fantastic news. This is fantastic. And there is a gorgeous, gorgeous picture. The Cirque Bijou Umbrellas. Take a look at it. It's going online tomorrow on Thursday. So if you're listening to this after Thursday... Do visit worcesterobserver.co.uk. There's a gorgeous picture of just these multicoloured umbrellas. It creates such a stunning image. It's fantastic. Um, That's the first of four festivals will be the Worcester Light Night, taking place across the city centre on January the 16th between 5.30 and 10. Light Night will be a free night where the city will be animated using lights via installations and live performances. Brilliant idea. Second one is Disrupting the Norm, which will take place July the 6th to the 11th, 2020. A free festival with a range of events, including mix of, a mix of pop-up events and accidental art, apparently. I don't know what accidental It sounds like what I do when I'm trying to do artistic exactly. things. Exactly. <laughs> you took the words right out. This is why it works. You say this is... We are on the same page. Whatever I'm meaning to paint or draw doesn't end up looking like what I'm meaning. It's an accidental... Oh, yeah. Sometimes a happy surprise. Yeah. I think these guys are probably a lot better than yes, I am, though. I think so. what they mean by accidental art is... <laughs> You know, it's going to be art you're going to want to see, not what me and Claire could draw. Exactly. I mean, I'm the man who can draw a stick man whose legs aren't connected to his body, and it's only a stick man. <laughs> I, actually, I've missed I've missed a festival out atmosphere. The second festival, April the 25th, is a festival with a strong focus on the environment. Fantastic idea. Very topical as well at the moment. What I'm looking forward to, though, the fourth new fest of the new festivals, the Worcesters Worcesters International Storytelling Festival. Sorry, the Story Festival. It's not the Storytelling Story Festival. You should be in that, Rob. You tell a good story. I do. I do tell a good tale. (laughs) (laughs) It's a citywide festival dedicated to stories, old stories, new stories, our our stories, other people's stories, and narrative will be at the heart of everything. That is going to be... I make a prediction now. It's not going to take place until October next year, but that will be a hit. Mm, Exciting. All thanks to the people behind the Arches, the um, project being funded by the Department of Culture, Media and Sport. Visit www.thearchesworcester.co.uk. 
for more information. Brilliant. That's uh, terrific. Um, How's the baby competition going, by the way? Yes, a quick uh, programming note, the baby photo competition. Well, since we last spoke to each other, we launched the 0-17-month-olds. And at one point on Thursday afternoon, because I, you know, I, I have many hats within this wonderful company and I have to go off and do my Evesham uh, paper and get that done. At one point on Thursday afternoon, there were 500 votes Wow. That I had yet to allocate. They're all so gorgeous. And you mentioned many hats, and I see another three sporting the old trilby here. Yes. They're, they're very cool, these kids yeah. are nowadays. We, Worcester has the coolest kids. I, wasn't, I wasn't like a cool kid like this when I was no, this I age. Wasn't. I, all my baby photos, I look like such a little nerd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these guys. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> But these guys are just absolutely, they're all just top models. They are. They're amazing. It is absolutely terrific. We've launched it this morning as we record. Um, we went live at six o'clock this morning. One, I'm not going to mention the name of the particular child because that would be favoritism. favoritism. Hmm. But one child has already amassed 53 votes. Oh, you're and the competition to tell me. has been live since six o'clock this morning. And as we're recording this, it's about half past 12. On a Wednesday afternoon, so they've already had 53 votes. So if you want, get online, vote because every vote is going to matter. Because I can tell you, the 0 to 17 month competition is as closest as I've ever seen it. There oh, really? are seven or eight votes in it. No, there are seven and eight babies right. in contention, and there's like ten votes between them. Oh my goodness! Every time a vote comes in, another vote comes in, and. There are, I think there are two babies now that have already topped 120 votes each. Oh, wow. That is the popularity of it. So if you have your favourite, do vote. So we have the 0 to 17 months. This is the 18 to 36 months in this week. And, yes. when, and then is there an older category no, no, as well? No, no, we, so we, just we keep babies. Them, keep them to okay. babies. Uh, otherwise, we just end up awarding competition right. prizes every every week. Um Quick bit of any other business. If you want to vote for the 0 to 17 month that was launched last week, you have until next Friday, October the 18th at 5 o'clock. Right, okay. If you want to vote for the 18 to 36 months old, you've got an additional week because we only la- we've only we launched it a week apart, so it's only fair. I give everyone two and a half weeks. Um, so the 18 to 36 month, I'll give you a prompt next week, but you've got until October the 25th, 5 o'clock. Your vote is going to count. It is really that close this year. Do vote because it could be the difference between winning or losing. Very exciting. And what are we going to... Are we going to put the winners in the paper when they are announced? The winners will also appear in the paper. They won't be amongst 20. They'll just be the two of them. The final two that Worcester has decided are the most beautifulest. Gorgeous. Beautifulest, that's not even a word. (laughs) Can't wait. But that's um, do get involved because it is phenomenal, and there are some gorgeous, gorgeous um, toddlers involved as well. And I will put the apology that I used last week. If yours hasn't been made it, I am so, 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 so sorry. But it's not an opinion. They're all gorgeous. They're all gorgeous. We just had to pick twenty, and I could have easily picked another different sequence of twenty there because it's fantastic. I love. I absolutely adore doing this. I delivered the Evesham Baby Competition winners last week. <laughs> you, you, you Baby delivered. Competition no, winners. I, I like the way you said you delivered the winners. Well, I, I just wanted to see the panic on your voice. And before I put <laughs> Baby Competition winners, right. I didn't deliver a baby, never have done, never <laughs> never would do. 
Um, but it's just lovely to see the delight and actually meet the little people involved as well. Yeah. Um, absolutely delightful um, competition and wonderful. And I thank you all for your support because it's getting more more and more popular. And a big hat tip again, Spotted uh, Worcester. Thank you so much for putting the link on your Facebook page as well because we can reach so many people, but Spotted Worcester's 12,000 members on Facebook, so it's going to reach everybody. So expecting the votes to flood in again. What we're going to do now is... It's a nice paper this week. Really, once again, colourful, loads of nice positive stories, and we love that. I'd do, I think I'll, I think we'll end on a little bit of politics. Oh, dangerous, but okay. Um, austerity and no deal are a concern, apparently, according to L- Labour's parliamentary candidate Lynn Denham, who slammed the prospect of a no deal Brexit and claimed a chaotic departure from the EU would be damaging for Worcester people. She spoke as the shadow Northern Ireland secretary, Tony Lloyd, visited the city to campaign. And... Um, and Councillor Denham said, well, a guest on this podcast, of course, whilst many people in Worcester voted to leave the EU, they did not vote for chaos at our borders, shortages of medical supplies and rising food prices. I'd be very keen to hear your views on that because it's clear that whenever the general election is called, whether it's this year, early next year, there it is going to be a Brexit general election again. The, the fight for the soul of Brexit... Um, will be fought at the ballot box, I think, because I think that's the only way out of it. Mm, it's, um, well, it's, time will tell. We don't know, do we? We, we don't know. Um, I just, I without going on to Brexit, because we've managed to do three weeks w- without it, but I do think we need a resolution now as a country. Going back to my opinion slash rant of a few weeks ago, we need a resolution now, one way or the other, uh, because it's gone on far too long and it, a line needs to be drawn. And if we are going to go without a deal, go without a deal. But make sure we leave in such a way that the friendship is still there with the European Union because whilst we be able to trade with other countries and negotiate all our own trade deals... It is vitally important the UK has one with the United European Union as well, in addition to everything else. And there's no good burning the bridges now for the sake of ideology if everyone's going to end up poorer. You know, we're a great group of nations. Take Brexit aside. We've kept this nation and we've kept this world very, very peaceful for 70-odd years. Let's not go back down to that road. Sure, there's disagreements. We all can disagree. And I'm reminded actually I'll get on to um, I'm reminded actually of Ellen DeGeneres first time I've ever actually quoted Ellen DeGeneres or even watched Ellen DeGeneres but (laughs) she was at the Cowboys Packers game on Sunday great 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 football game and brilliant to see Jason Garrett the Cowboys coach lose his rag with the referees fantastic that's an NFL podcast leave it Um, but she was sat with George Bush Mm. um, and everyone went on Twitter how dare she sit with a, this liberal um, com- comedian, you know, democratic comedian, how dare she sit with a Republican? And she made a very good point, which basically summed up as, we can be friends with whoever we want. We might disagree with their political views. doesn't mean to say we should ignore them. Absolutely. And that is the problem in society. And going forward now, if you take any hope from Oscar's story, from other stories we've run, take some hope forward. Find somebody you disagree with. 
have a conversation talk to them and at the end of the day we all want the same thing we all want peace and happiness and prosperity don't we we want our country to do well nobody every brexiteer wants the country to do well every person who wants to stay wants the country to do well it's just the viewpoint from where you're standing is how you see it it's been polarized by the few as they say on love island constantly it is what it is (laughs) isn't it it's like (laughs) don't tell me we're not up with modern trends (laughs) i was i was listening to a podcast earlier where they were saying everything it is what it is but it's it's, in this situation it really is we don't know what's going to happen we don't don't know know at all and even all the experts who put these facts and figures in front of us they don't know that it's all pure speculation we need a resolution absolutely because britain's better than this And we need to go back to a state where you believe in that, you believe that. I don't care, let's have a pint. (laughs) Absolutely. We're we're British, we do that. We do that better than anyone. Anyway, a little birdie told me that, Claire, that you were having a chat with the people behind Murder in Mind, is that right? I did. They've got some amazing events coming to Worcester and Malvern. And yeah, I thought I'd um, find out what it's all about. Have you ever been to one of those murder mystery evenings? Oh, it sounds incredible. But yeah, I interview the man behind it all. Um, and also one of our um, sales executives here at the newspaper, she acts in them. So she she's sometimes the one murdering and sometimes... But yeah, um, stick stick with the podcast and you'll hear all about it. Fantastic. Shall we give that a listen to now? Absolutely. Fantastic. You're listening to the Worcester Observer Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello, my name is Claire Bullivant and I'm joined in the studio with Maria Hodgetts, who is one of our sales executives here at the newspaper. And the reason Maria is joining us this week is because she does a bit of acting on the side and has invited a very special guest onto the show this week. Before we tell you who they are, have you ever had one of those nights when the butler suddenly announces someone has been murdered in the library? Well, if so, you may have been to one of our guests thrilling events. Think murder, think mystery, think mayhem. We've got John Howard from Murder in Mind in the studio. Welcome John and Maria. Good morning Claire. Hello Claire. (laughs) Hello. This is fascinating. I love this sort of thing. So you, your company puts on these events and they're all different but but the main theme is there's always a murder. Oh yes or two, perhaps even three. Exciting. And Maria, you actually act for the company. I do, yes. I act across the country in all different plots. There are loads of different ones I've been in. And uh, there's a medieval one and there's a wedding one. The wedding one's very exciting. It's a wedding to die for. So that's a nice one. And... uh, not everybody in it is who they seem, so yes, so good one. I've never actually been on one of these, so tell, you're going to have to treat me as though I know nothing, and okay. tell me how it all happens. Do you? Do they happen in hotels? Do they happen in people's houses? They're mainly in hotels or, or pubs that have got good rooms, because um, you need a room that's shut off from everyone else. Right. Um, yes, hotels, uh, we... Um, contact the hotels they contact us they hire us we go in and just create havoc really with them does everyone know that it's make-believe as it were or do you have guests who suddenly think oh my goodness somebody has been murdered and no everybody knows that they're coming to a murder mystery right okay um it would be too mysterious to do that and 
probably a little bit on the dangerous side. It'd be a bit quite fun, though, wouldn't it? It would be, yes. Spicing up a little bit. You generally get that sort of thing around about Christmas when you do some of the corporate events um, where the company pay for them to come and they don't necessarily tell their employees that they're coming to a murder mystery. Oh, I want to go to one of those ones. (laughs) (laughs) So how did it all start for you? You obviously set up this company. You've been going a long time because I've checked you out online. You've got loads of press, loads of amazing reviews. Yeah, we've we've been going quite a while. Um, I started off, actually, uh, many years ago, um, going to a murder mystery event. Hmm. And I enjoyed it that much um, that I actually became part of the evening unwittingly. And they invited me to audition. And there it goes from there. Uh, I've never acted before in my life. Right. Um, never in the school play even. And I just took to it. And I loved it. And I thought, well, yeah, I've seen other murder mystery companies. I'm not, you know, everyone is as good as everybody else. Mm. But Murder in Mind is just that slightly bit different. So you'll go along and you'll all be having dinner and then, like I said, somebody will say, somebody's been murdered next door and people and the, the people who were there have to help you solve the crime. Is that right? That's correct. That's very yeah. That's, that's roughly how it goes. Um, it, are, most of our plots are themed around a gathering like a prize giving or a wedding or funeral or, or anything like that or a feast. And during the during the before the starters are even out, uh, a police inspector will come in and say, um, Joe Bloggers has been found murdered in the bushes. Um, he was supposed to be here, he's not here. You're all suspects and you can't leave. And it goes from there and we act out scenarios. We don't work to a, s- a strict script. Hmm. Um, there's, a, there's an outline of a plot. And um, we improvise a lot of it. In fact, 95% of it. Because uh, especially when you're going around the tables talking to the guests, you never know what questions they're going to ask the suspects. Hmm. So you've got to think on your feet. And um, it can be some really sort of interesting questions asked. And you've got to sort of work around that. But yes, you're quite right. They uh, have to work out following the clues that come out through the evening from the police inspector. Right. And um, from that, they can deduct who they think did it. Oh, so it's, it sounds really exciting. You can be pretend to be Sherlock Holmes for the evening. So, Maria, you obviously act out the, some of these things. Are yes. you the person who gets murdered, or are you? who do you normally play? I've played everybody, but I do tend to be the murderer, which is good fun. <laughs> um, but some of the guests we've had take it very, very seriously, and they actually think... I mean, I had one where I played a lady who was... Um, her son was being horrible to her and wanted to put her in some sort of a home and get a house off her. And this couple said, uh, we've gone to the hotel reception, we've booked you here tonight with us and we're going to take you home because you can't go home with your son, which is uh, a little bit difficult. <laughs> and even when I came out of character at the end, because when we come out of character, we do tend to go and see them all and say, hello, my name's not really Josie, I'm really Maria and I don't do this, for, you know, I don't re- I'm not really a, a drain cleaner, <laughs> do this sort of thing um but they still think that it's you and it's really hard and you think well no don't try and dictate me home i don't want to go and live with you you know it's very kind of you but i've got my own home to go I, to i guess it's the whole acting thing isn't it i've got a friend an american friend who's on um an american show and he plays a doctor and in real life he can be walking down the street and people come running up to him and be like oh, help we need your help doctor and he's like i'm yes. playing that character. It is a bit, yes, probably not on that grander scale, but uh, but they do. I mean, there was one uh, where I played 
um, a prison officer and I was handcuffed to a man. And the whole idea was he was supposed to spring the handcuffs, run across the room and get out the door. Well, one party of rugby players was sat by this door and, of course, he makes a run for it. And I'm running after him, you know, and... um, they say, we've got him, we've got him, we've tackled And they rugby tackled him to the floor. But the thing was, he had to get away. So then I had to start, get off him, get off him, so he could get away. So we do have very strange scenarios that uh, they turn into their own. Oh, it sounds so much fun. And you obviously put these on all over the country. You've got some great ones coming up, actually. You've got one in Malvern happening on the 25th of October. That's correct. And you've also got another one that you're already taking bookings for next year in Worcester. Um, yes. So the Malvern one, this is this is the premise you've got on your website anyway. Today is the day Susie has been waiting for. She's finally marrying Paul, the love of her life. But will the day have the fairy tale ending? Join us for a night of deception and secrecy as the wedding is not going to plan and revelations and mayhem ensue. Can you solve the mystery? So can you give us any clues? What's this one going to be? Um, what's, what's the backstory? Well, actually, can I just say... Maria actually wrote that plot. So can I hand that over to Maria? (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, Yes, the background is um, he's going to marry Susie, which is great. Um, There's a little bit of upset there because um, Susie's father was um, killed uh, about a year before. So a little bit of sadness there. Um, There's a vicar and... uh, Various other members of the family, you know, Susie's mother's there, the the bride and the groom and uh, all sorts of people. There's a crazy auntie in it who obviously likes the drop of the hard stuff and uh, she really plays up, so it's good fun and she's, she's a good character to have in it. So they're so, all different, they're all different themes and you actually yeah. guys have to come up with these themes and how yeah. brilliant. Yeah, we write all our own plots, uh, we don't buy any in. Yeah. Um, we have one other um, script writer for us who's one of our other actors. Um, but mainly Maria and I get together over a bottle of wine sometimes and just bash out a plot. Um, Never thought of turning one into a book or a movie or anything. Would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> I've thought of putting one on the stage. Yeah. Which is my little baby, which is our medieval one. Right. Um, that's loosely based around Henry Seventh. Oh, gosh, so some of them are based with historical, Absolutely. real people um, and facts and figures. We researched it as much as we can. Mm. And that particular plot, um, although most of the characters are historically correct, the plot is totally fiction. Um, but I believe that we are the only murder mystery company that do this this way. We bill it as a murder... And we build, Sorry, we bill it as a medieval evening with mm. a murder thrown in. Ah. Because we don't just... Say there's someone been murdered. This that we actually have live sword play with real steel swords, but it's all done safely. We've all been trained by professionals. Uh, we have medieval dancing, and as much as we can, we have a medieval feast. And within that, um, we will have historical people killed. Um, so if I say we've got Henry the Seventh, and then we've got uh, Elizabeth of York. Um, together as the as the Tudors, then we've got Cardinal Wolsey, uh, Duke of Lancaster, and Duke of Norfolk. So it's a history lesson as well for sort people. Sort of, sort of. Mm. Uh, we do encourage our guests to um, dress up in period, but I know how difficult it is to get that period clothing, so they don't have to do it. It's, it's, it's by natural choice if they want to do it happily. Uh, that's great; makes it even better for us. Um, in that one, we don't obviously have a police inspector. We have the Inquisitor. 
and um, he gets he gets his um, he gets his man at the end. <laughs> this would be a good thing to do in schools, maybe, wouldn't it? It could be a history lesson. You could teach like the really good historical facts and it, it could, in as much as yes, it's a but it's a you've got to remember it's a fictional plot. Right. It isn't the plot itself isn't historically correct. Mm. The people may be. But the plot isn't. Right. So as a history lesson, no. We're not reenactors. Okay. Um, you need reenactors to be able because they know everything about everything. You know, this is set sort of a couple of years after the Battle of Bosworth, um, when Richard the Third was buried under a car park in Leicester. And um <laughs> Um, and it, it just goes from there. It, it just comes out of your imagination. Well, and I'm the first to admit, I'm no Columbo. You know, I don't notice all those little things going around. I walk through <laughs> life sometimes not noticing things. But you must have some guests who are just so on the ball. And do you really get to notice who's so yes. brilliant? Oh, yes, yes we yeah. do. Yeah. They're the ones that are going around with notebooks. <laughs> and, uh, Deer stalkers on and things <laughs> yeah. like that. There are a few in a magnifying glass just for, for just for effect. But, yes, some will follow it to the book. Right. Some will sort of think, oh, I'll see what happens later. And then at the end of the night, they do need to make a decision and they have a police form to fill out. Oh, so that's how us. you mark it. And, yeah. so, and so what happens if lots of people guess the correct person? Is there a prize for the... How do you, yeah. how do, you do yeah. that? Somebody will always be closer than someone else. Like right. it might say, I think it was Jim who hit Doris over the head. And then other people might say, well, Jim hit Doris over the head because she did this. And they go into quite a lot of detail. So it's normally the one that's got the most detail. And they win a prize, a trophy and a certificate. Oh, and they nice. love it, yes. The, the clues are quite easily to, easy to follow if by the end of the evening you're still sort of coherent enough to do it. <laughs> there is a certain amount of um, enlivenment going on. Um, but no... Uh, the, the the evidence itself, the physical evidence, is put up on boards around the building, around the, the the room by the inspector. But of course, we give clues as well as we go round and interacting with each other. Um, like Fred would say to Jeannie, um, "Oh, why were you at such and such at such and such a time when she's turned around and said she wasn't? Was he seen? You know, the little lies and deceits start coming out." And if you listen to what we're saying and you look at the, the evidence, it should be pretty easy to find out who did it. And we take that round the room because if you've got a room of sort of 80 people, you've got to make sure everybody hears it. Sometimes we use microphones, but um, it's always a good idea to just go and sit on that table because we always have a space on that table with our name as the character, so they leave that one empty. So if we go around to see another one, then the person off that other table, the other character, can go and sit in any one of those spots and explain it to them all. What a fun thing. I'm going to have to come oh, to some of these. Brilliant. And I know you go all over the country doing these, um, but you're local, you're from this sort of region. And what I love about you, and I read this again on your website, is wherever you go in the country, you make a donation to a charity that's local in that area. Um, I love that. That's such a great policy, isn't it? It's a way of giving back. Um, we enjoy doing it so much. and People have paid reasonable money to come and if we give a little back to a local charity um usually a children's charity or, or a cancer charity or something like that um then yeah we're happy to do it and we like it you know and again i don't think there are many other 
murder mystery company that that would do that sort of thing. No, it's a really nice um, way of doing business, I think. Really nice. And um, so tell us some more of the plots that you've got, you're planning oh. at the moment. I, I was really, you do, you do some 1920s, 1940s yes. war things, some medieval ones you just mentioned. Yep. We've got a Christmas one in our head <laughs> at the moment. Yes, Dame Figgy Pudding. That's, yes, I need to find a Christmas pudding dress. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's very much in the writing stage at the moment. Um, but we've got a few other characters. Um, we've got Misdemeanor. Yeah, Misdemeanor. <laughs> there are another couple of um, names which would only be presented on the night. Right. <laughs> not, fit, not fit for broadcast. And, and can people actually hire you guys to come to their own house and yes, do one? They or? Oh, okay. They can. Um, we... we <clears throat> We cater for between 30 and 120 guests. And if people have got, you know, big enough rooms, yes, we'll quite gladly come to their house. It will be a reduced amount of actors, probably four or five, and probably reduce the plot a little um, to compensate for the fact that it's only a small small venue. Um, You don't want eight actors walking around your living room when you can only get 20 people in there. Um, But yes, I mean, we've got one coming up in uh, Worcester, in, um, can I plug it? Yeah, the G&T, Tea Rooms. Um, that's not going to be a 1960s plot. We've got five actors there because it's only a small room. When, when is that one? That's on the 8th of November. Can people still book for that one? Yes, okay. if you contact uh, G&T in, uh, in Worcester, I'm mm-hmm. sure she'll be only too happy to. And the tickets. one in Malvern, which is on, we mentioned earlier, that's only in a couple of weeks, 25th of October. Is there, are there is. still room on that one? That's at yes, the Colwall Park Hotel. That's nice right, yeah. Hotel there. Yeah, if you contact, contact, contact the uh, Colwall Park Hotel, um, they're doing all the tickets. Or it's uh, Colwall Park... Hotel and Spa. Hotel and Spa. And that UK. one's a whole kind of weekend thing, isn't it? That people are actually booking overnight and staying over the weekend. The plot itself is only on the one evening. Okay. Um, but yes, there are overnight, as with most of our um, plots um, at the hotels, you can book um, an overnight at a special rate. So you haven't got to worry about drinking and driving and that sort of thing or getting home late in the you know, late in the, early in the morning. Um, and we encourage the hotels to give that sort of benefit um we ourselves don't stay overnight unless we really have to um but yeah um everyone's guaranteed a really good evening it sounds amazing and the one also you've got next year which i like the sound of i might try and do this it's not until next summer actually unfortunately 25th of july 2020 you're taking bookings now the king's feast and that's going to be at the commandery in worcester one of my favorite places yes and um you're bringing in local facts and historical figures for that one yes we are going to be incredible um we're still at the very still very much at the planning stage um i'm still sort of um planning catering and 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 um, drinks and things, the, uh, yeah. the alcohol, you, yes. You do realise, though, the people of Worcester are very... Everyone knows everything about history for some reason. I think, well, Worcester's got such an incredible history. Yes. And everyone in Worcester seems to know their stuff. So they you, do. you're going to yeah. have to, like, really nail it for that one. Yes. <laughs> but that goes that goes everywhere. Um, right. I remember one particular plot I did for a company that I, I freelanced for. Um, we were doing a plot which involved um compute the com- in the computer industry uh, we just developed um a new product and unbeknown to me this was a private party i'm going around trying to be this computer geek um not really knowing much about um latest computer software <laughs> and programming programs 
And I got asked this question, what program are you using? I said, oh, I don't know, C++. And he said to me, you don't know what's what program you're wearing? It's a, it's a trade secret. Um, and you could then just walk away. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until the end of the evening that I remember, I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember Dr. Solomon's virus protection software. This was Dr. Solomon himself. <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, you can get caught out anywhere. <laughs> but as providing people realise that it is only fiction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, the, the King's Feast, for example. Yes, the people may be historically correct as far as we can make it, but the plot is total fiction. You know, there's, you've, got to dis- you've got to distinguish the two. Yes, mm-hmm. the people might be right, but the plot isn't. Um... And getting back to your question, yes, we do get caught out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I, I, seriously, you, you've got me hooked already. Just reading about you and talking to you, I'm, I'm definitely going to book onto some of these. And are you ever looking for actors? Yes, More we are. Actors. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. We are desperately looking for actors all over the country, actually. And if anybody's... Uh, you don't need experience. Um, you don't need to have ever acted before, as long as you can read. That's our basic requirement. And you've got a personality and you can get well, into yeah. it, yes. Well, no, sometimes some of our characters don't need a personality. <laughs> they, might, they might just be the dead one on the floor. <laughs> yes, that's but, it. But, um, no, seriously, if anybody's really interested, then contact us. Uh, you can email us at murderinmind@mail.com, And if you could accompany that with a head and shoulders um, photo, that would be great. And then we will contact you. Fantastic. And plug your website now as well. What's the it's website? It's www.murderinminduk, all one word, dot com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, John, for coming in today. And also, Maria, I had no idea you had this whole other oh, life. yes, yes. That you were doing this after work. <laughs> and um, I got into it quite late in life, only probably about six or seven years ago. Oh, so you? Yeah, and it's the best thing I ever did. I oh, love it. Yeah, it's you, great you fun. You do so many exciting things. I do, I um, do. How did your recent um, treasure um, bargain hunt thing? Oh, yes, yes. Maria was on a recent episode of Bargain Hunt. Yes. Has it been shown yet on TV? It hasn't yet, no. Oh, it's due to come on about November time because it was around children in need time we're so. going to have to have you back on the pod telling us all yes. the behind oh, the scenes oh that's very exciting yes. can I just add that Maria is one of our top actors Amazing. she's been with me since the start and um, actually Murder in Mind is all about Maria and a couple of other actors as well without them Murder in Mind wouldn't exist oh well fantastic well you do have so many incredible reviews online and you obviously put on fantastic evenings and it's just such an exciting thing to do isn't it I highly encourage not that I've been but I will go soon <laughs> but I think this, these sort of things it's it's getting people out it about is. and meeting people and what better environment to do something than Absolutely. solving a murder how exciting and you can be somebody else for the evening and that's yeah. great you know you look who you're going to be and uh, there's one plot that we have and it's called Where There's a Wife and uh, this uh, woman finds out that um, her husband's bigamously married two other people and she puts on this whole thing and that's that's quite a dramatic one as well. So it's good fun. Very exciting. Well, thank you so, so much, both thank of you. you, for explaining it all so brilliantly to us and um, we'll see you thank at you. the next murder, hopefully. Yes. yes. And hopefully it's me who's going to solve it. Murder, <laughs> murder in mind, just think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank bye. you. Thank you, bye. Bye.
And who'd have thought it was Professor Plum in the library with a lead pipe, eh? I know. <laughs> We're going to have to go on one of these things, Rob, have a company night out or something, because it sounds so much fun. It does, it does actually. It sounded, it sounded a terrific interview. And they, what I loved about it is that they so, they're really enthused about it as well. Oh, yeah. And who knew? That I, I had no idea Maria was um, one of these actors who no. now does... Maria's in our sales force. And, yeah, she does... After work every day, she'll go and pretend to murder someone or something bit, <laughs> exciting. I have to say I'm a bit concerned as editor of the paper she's capable of murder I shall have to make sure I write all her advertorials on time <laughs> absolutely but I think I was thinking actually you've got really good attention to detail I think you would be good I think you'd probably win the prize because you'd um, figure it out definitely before I would anyway do you yeah I don't know I mean we watch we've watched the crime dramas on the tv and I've, you know, if it's like six episodes, by the end of episode four, I'm like, I've got a theory. See, I never do. But then about 20% of the time it's actually right, and about 80% of the time I'm completely and utterly wrong. No, we're going to have to try it out, definitely. Company no. night out somewhere. Fantastic. Well, thank you to uh, the guys from Murder in Mind and to Maria for coming on as well and sharing that with us. This point, we normally would do the What's on Worcester Roundup, but it's such a pet podcast translated. I've gone on too long and started rabbiting again. But if you want Claire's What's on Worcester Roundup, visit www.worcesterobserver.co.uk forward slash editions and turn to the What's on pages, and there you'll see. Or it's on the What's on page. Uh, yeah. On our website. Um, <laughs> or the What's on page as well. <laughs> It's, I, she, this is why she's here, you see. <laughs> she makes me look good every single week. But do visit that, whatever, wherever you want to visit it. If you want to go to just, if you just want to go to the event instead of just reading about it, just go to the event. Yeah, and send us your reviews. We always love having a good review. I do try and get and see, because I love my music, so I do try and get to see a lot of the local bands and things. But um, sometimes we can't, obviously, go and see everything. No. So we love your reviews. If you ever want to send them into the paper, you never know. Editor yeah. Rob might just publish your review oh. if it's good enough. Well, there you go. There's a challenge laid down <laughs> for you. Well, it's such a packed podcast. We haven't been able to get the What's on Worcester Roundup in, but we've talked probably enough about it that we've filled the time we could have put the What's on Worcester Roundup in. But it all that remains from me to say is to thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week where it's going to be even colder, no doubt, because the beast from the east is on its way. Do keep in touch, worcesterobserver.co.uk, editor at worcesterobserver.co.uk, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pigeon, Snail Mail. If you want to post a letter, it'd be nice to get something posted through the mail once in a while. But until next week, I've been Rob George. You've been wonderful. I think we're done here. Bye-bye. <laughs>